0: Welcome to Music Works. We're bringing you three very special young guests today. In 2020, in the heart of the pandemic restrictions, virtual concert halls launched an innovative new global online music competition, Sound Esprasebo, which allowed musicians from around the world to compete online. With age groups from 10 and under to 25 and over, the competition offered contestants not only the opportunity to compete from their own homes or music studios, but also gave them the freedom to select their own repertoire in nine categories, ranging from lyrical to profound, academic and innovative. Polyphony Arts was delighted to be associated with Sound Espresso, and we offered a number of prizes for the winners, one of which was a dedicated episode on music works. And so today we are pleased to welcome three amazing young musicians who share their thoughts on the challenges of developing as musicians in lockdown, their experience of sound as placebo and the world of music competitions, how teachers form such an important part of their musical journeys, and why playing contemporary music can be a revelation. So join us as we welcome sound as Perceiver laureate, ten-year-old Canadian pianist, Ryan Huang, with his performances of Liszt and Rachmaninoff, as well as his fresh and engaging views on what music means in his life. He is joined by Laureate 23-year-old American pianist Daniel Hughes, who brought an extraordinary presence and focus to Bach and Chopin, and does of the panel of international judges in the ambassador category. But first, we speak to first prize winner, American violinist 16-year-old Abigail Holbert, who blew the judges away with her rendition of Ludaslowski's Anguish Subito, which she dedicated as a cry for 2020. And now here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer with cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment, protecting you against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. Every Allianz Music policy also includes free legal assistance and support, so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at allianzmusic.co.uk Allianz serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. And so now we'll go over to the Musicworks studio to meet Abigail Hulbert, who is waiting to speak to us from our home in Maryland on the east coast of the USA. Welcome, Abigail and Margaret. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yes, it's great to see you again, Abigail. After the after your success in the competition, welcome to Music Works.
2: And thank you for having me.
1: No, it's I'm, a real I'm pleasure. You.
0: Um, so yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the competition and and talk about you. So this was part of um, this this episode has three competition um, winners in it, and um, yeah, we're just talking about essentially. Um, where you're at at the moment um, with your studies and your career and you know what the competition meant for you
1: I think one of yes because one of the first things I wanted to ask you because I remember your performance very distinctly Mm -hmm. um, and that was your choice of the work that you chose to play um, which um, I thought there were a lot of the contestants chose what you'd think of as the more traditional classical repertoire Um, there was a lot of Chopin you may have remembered a pianist playing a lot yeah. of Chopin. Um, but you, a uh, violinist, chose um, a much more contemporary piece and also you explained your thinking behind it. And I'd like you to share that again because I know that was one of the things that really impressed the judges. It certainly impressed me. So maybe you'd like to start just by talking a bit about that choice of piece and why it was that you you made that choice to, to play for the competition
2: sure so i actually had not really played any uh contemporary music until this point i uh was like uh playing a lot of Baroque, classical romantic pieces and i needed this piece for a competition that required a modern piece so as i started practicing it i just felt so much like i could relate to it and I, um, looking back at Ludoslowski's, like, backstory, um, I realized, like, how much his story resonated with the times, um, like, right now, we have been going through a lot of hard times, business owners have, um, been, like, really struggling and whatnot, and, um, he had a very hard life, and it kind of comes through in his music, so it just resonated, and I just felt like that was just a cry for our times and I wanted to share that with
1: you yes I remember you said that a cry for 2020 and I thought that was very very powerful so how did you feel did that convert you to doing more contemporary repertoire because um elsewhere in the in this podcast when we're talking to Daniel Hughes one of the pianists he actually was we were talking about what they were working on right now and he was talking as well about doing a working on a lot of Lesser-known composers, and that's something that especially interests us, doesn't it, Katie? So I'd be interested to know if having, you know, you you played that because you had you you was you were sort of required to do it, whether that sort of converted you and you've now more sold on doing contemporary.
2: I think I'm much more open to it now. Mm. I realized how much more I can relate to uh, contemporary composers because. A lot of them are actually living and um, they're going through the same like world experiences, seeing the same things on the news as I am, and it can come through their pieces. And like if I really needed help uh, understanding the piece, I could even go as far as to call them, whereas like I can't call Mendelssohn up and ask him what he wanted uh, his piece to mean.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that, that surprises me because I just, when I was hearing you play, I thought, now here's a performer who's really comfortable with this type of repertoire. So you're actually saying, really, it was relatively new for you. So that, yes, that's doubly impressive.
0: Absolutely. It was a very impressive performance and very notable, mm. definitely. Um, yeah, well, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm, I'm glad that, um, that that's... Um, been a you know it's lovely when competitions have a sort of um opening up experience as to you know um bringing you on to other repertoire or you know um taking you on to other things um and what um what drew you to the violin in the first place Abigail
2: um well my parents own a music store and so from like I was basically born in that store (laughs) I have been hearing all types of music like since I was a baby uh and I, my parents started me on piano when I was two, um, but the piano doesn't really sound like a voice to me. To me, violin, you, it's just like an extension of your voice. You can like vibrate like a voice might do and the uh, phrasing and whatnot feels much closer to me to like a voice. And so that's one of the things that drew me to it. Since I was able to hear so many different instruments, I really was able to be like, this is what I
0: want. Hmm. Well, that's interesting yeah um, i always think it's fascinating how people choose their instruments because it's such a it's such an extension of you isn't it and yeah um, it's great that everyone doesn't feel the same way isn't it otherwise everyone would be you know a violinist or a oboist or <laughs> yeah it is
1: because sometimes your instruments choose you as well um yeah you know, so, so often children, the first thing they're given is the violin. And um, I I started as a cellist and then became a bass double bassist. And that's really where I feel very much at home. And my daughter, when she started, was adamant she wanted to play the violin. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you know, because it's very difficult. I mean, it's actually yeah. a very difficult instrument as well. Mm. And she was absolutely adamant. And actually, she's, she's an extremely good violinist. So it just shows what I know. So there you are. That's a lesson to us all. Don't listen to your parents. And <laughs> play the instrument that speaks to you.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely um, right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what's it been like for you over this last year? I think um, lockdown is especially tough for young people. Um, I really feel that. How have you managed with your music and sort of lockdown life in general?
2: Well, It actually wasn't that hard on me. I think it might be harder on non-musicians, actually, because musicians are so focused on working to perfect their art. And it takes a lot of hours being indoors and practicing. And actually, I think not having that uh, distraction of social interactions and whatnot really helped me become a better violinist over this year. And um, yeah. if I needed inspiration, I would like go on walks and stuff, go into nature and experience
0: that. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I think that's um, that's interesting. So you, so it's actually been it's been quite focusing for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yes. No, that is good. I think people have struggled a bit sometimes trying to maintain focus in lockdown. You know, we're all talking about how often you think, oh, we'll have all this time. You know, we'll you know we'll we'll learn tooth and throat singing, which we've been planning to do for the last you know twenty years. Sorry, it's I not happened. Yeah. Yes, very <laughs> hard. Well, it's <laughs> quite high on my So you know, I think it's good that you've managed to have that focus. So what? So where do you think you'll be going? Do you plan to stay with music as a career?
2: Yes, I would love to be a professional musician, like. In 10 years, I'd like to be a soloist, and I'd love to also teach students.
1: Oh, well, that, that's, a, yeah, that is admirable. I do, um, I think teaching is a, is a very noble calling, actually. And I think the relationship between the player and the student, you know, you, presumably, you feel very close to your teachers. I think Katie and I, we've had this conversation before, that your music teachers, this, those successful relationships are some of the most important Um, that we have Mm
2: -hmm. yeah all of my teachers have felt like family to me everyone has felt like uh, aunt uncle grandma to me and so I've always been very close to my teachers and I actually just started teaching this year and um, it just I love it so much you get to understand your student and you get to talk to them on a personal level while also helping them become something better.
0: Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. the same about teaching. It's um, it's so kind of, um, it's immediate as well. Um, like, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get when you go in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to do a lot of thinking on your feet. And I've always really enjoyed that about teaching.
1: Yeah, I do. So I think it's when I was asked to define what is teaching. I said it teaching at its best is an act of loving generosity because it really it really is and the thing I've always loved about teaching is how much you learn from your students it's a real two-way and that's always they never fail to surprise you and so I think that I I really admire the fact you've got that outlook because it means you're willing actually to learn from students rather than always looking learning by looking up to and I think that that's I think that's very admirable and I think it will serve you very well so do you have any thoughts about where you would like to study or are you not there yet
2: Um, I would love to study in New York at Juilliard, (laughs) if possible.
1: Yes, because, where are you right now? Because you're obviously on the East Coast.
2: Yes, I live in Maryland and I study with Elizabeth um, in like New Jersey, bordering New York. I've been there a few times. I love how Juilliard looks and following like uh studer and other violinists who go to Juilliard it just inspires me so much and I would love to go there but well, really it's definitely happy
0: to have you
1: yeah it's one of the great schools and you I mean I lived in New York I lived in Manhattan for 2 years and it was it was tremendous fun so yeah I can see why so no that's a great school
0: um, yeah absolutely quite right too that's great to hear um, so I wonder if you, you mentioned uh, just to come back to um, your uh, the, the way the last year has been for you because it's interesting, I think, to hear that you've been able to, to do, um, you know, that you've taken, I guess you didn't say this, but I was saying it's like solace and kind of um, dr- been driven by um, having the space to do your practice more. Um, do you have any tips for people who are um, perhaps st- struggling with focus or, you know, that... Um, how you know you mentioned going into nature
2: do you, how can you elaborate on that yeah so um I know mental health is a big like barrier for people right now people feel like they're being closed in and whatnot from being inside too much so if I start to feel like that then I just uh will stop and take a breather and go outside I uh get cabin fever a lot and so I like to spend a lot of time like hiking, going on trails and nature is like a big inspiration because a lot of pieces are actually based on nature, so it helps. So
0: that's a really the really big the really big thing for you then is yeah yeah, connection with nature. I know I'm sure we've all uh, appreciated our whatever nature we've got around us at the moment. It looks like it's quite green where you are. Yes. (laughs) It's handy.
1: (laughs) Very (laughs) good. Um, so the competition, I um I was curious to find out how you came to hear about the competition and how you came to enter. And also I'd be also be interested to hear what your experience of it was, because obviously, I mean, I was there for your performances. Obviously you you did extraordinarily well, but we didn't really have a proper tense to talk and it's been you know, it's really um it would be really interesting to find out from you what your experience was, how you heard about it entering and going through the competition.
2: So I heard about it from my teacher, Elizabeth Fadley, and um, it was just something she came across, and I think it's a relatively new competition, if I understand right. That's um, I used to... So we saw this, and I struggle somewhat with nerves, and she just wanted me to get out and like play more for people. So I went into this competition as just like uh, an experiment, experience for myself to make myself better, uh, with my nerves and everything. And I wasn't like in it to win it. I just wanted to be able to get over nerves.
0: Oh, wow. Did did the competition being online, how did that impact um, on nerves?
2: Um, I think it made it slightly easier because it's not like a room full of people. And obviously there's like less distractions of like feet shuffling or like someone coughing in the middle of <laughs> people playing. And so that made it a little bit uh, less nerve wracking for me. But um, it also was, uh, I still got pretty nervous because there's a whole panel of judges there the whole entire time. Um, but I thought that it was run very smoothly and all the judges had great feedback for me and it was just a great experience.
1: Oh, well, I'm glad, I'm pleased to hear that. I mean- one of the things I liked about the competition was the fact that it gave the contestants, it gave you the chance to choose your own piece, that you weren't being shoehorned into. This is what we are now going to hear 15 violinists play the same work. And I think that was, it was certainly made it a better experience from as a you know, as a host and certainly for the judges. But mm-hmm. um, I think overall, I, I, I'm sure you probably, that was nice for you to be able to choose what you wanted to play.
2: Yeah. It was definitely very nice to be able to choose what I wanted to play and not have that like set of restrictions on anything.
0: That's that's great to hear. I thought that was a real asset for the competition mm. as well.
2: The thing about nerves, of course, is
1: you need your nerves. You need a certain level of nerves to just get you to competition level because you it, it it's the kind of that touch of adrenaline that helps you up your game. But it it I know what you mean. It can it can be quite crippling. Um, So, oh, well, I'm glad that, I'm glad that helped you a lot. So do you feel, so what's your view on competitions? Opinion can be sometimes divided, whether they're good, whether they're bad. Um,
2: I think they can be both um, something that can build you up and also tear you down. It depends on where you are in your journey. I remember when I was younger, I didn't really enter into many competitions. I actually was like, my teachers were against competitions completely when I was younger. And um, I think that really helped me out because I was able to spend time building myself up and like working towards being where I am now before entering stuff. And um, I think if you enter them too young, then you can end up having like feeling bad about yourself because Mm -hmm. if you get back negative comments, it can really hurt when Mm -hmm. you're younger. And it just has to be something you can understand uh you're not entering it to like win it necessarily it's just for the experience of playing in front of judges yeah
0: i think i mean attitude to competitions is as varied as as competition experiences themselves isn't it you know i think your attitude is a really really good one um uh you know they can be very difficult things to negotiate the kind of the the um stress levels and the the kind of impact of one performance often of repertoire that you've not chosen you know and and everything else so yeah I think that's a a very poignant attitude for for going Mm. through competitions in general.
1: No I think that is I think yeah I think you're right I think that's sensible um that's very grounded so so what are you practicing at the moment what are you working on at the
2: moment? Um Concerto 5 I'm learning the whole thing and then um I'm doing Sabre Dance, an arrangement by Fitz as just like a fun little piece. And then I'm doing Bach fugue and um, Mozart adagio. And I'm getting ready for a uh, studio recital right now. So it's been a big task, but
0: it's yeah, fun. That sounds like a big program. Wow.
1: That, yeah, That's like very varied as well.
0: Mm. Oh, and I 25. have five.
1: Ooh, yeah I was going to say where would we be without oh Paganini ouch yeah. yeah I have to say I do love Bach solo violin I think there's something incredibly pure about that sound it's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a lovely lovely sound the Bach cello suites um, we had a couple of contestants play uh, Bach cello suites but I also think Bach on solo violin, violin is especially lovely right.
0: mm. where's your studio recital is it something that people can listen to
2: um i think it will be uh posted on my teacher's youtube channel once everything comes out um since it's like covid we can't really do a live thing so it's all going to be recorded and then posted so you can check out elizabeth fadley uh
0: youtube and see if it comes out there Mm. great we'll put it in the show notes as well so people can find oh yeah 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 so lovely excellent lovely Shall we? Uh, shall we do our spontaneous questions
1: now? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we thought just just for fun. We did this with Daniel and Ryan as well, and that was quite entertaining. Just kind of this. So, just quick questions off the top of your head. Go on. Quick one. Major or minor key?
2: Major. Minor's too sad.
1: Oh, because the other two chose minor. Oh, yeah, well done. I like that. Nice to
0: know someone chooses major. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so,
1: who is your favorite violinist?
2: Um, that's a hard one. There's so many great violinists out there. I
1: know it's not fair, really, is it?
0: Yeah,
2: it's no. all hard. All right, who is your favorite
1: violinist today? <laughs> hmm.
2: I think today, Hilary Hahn, because of her sweet sound, and also she studied with my first teacher, Clara Berkovich and um it's just like some of the ways that she plays it like comes out it reminds me of my old teacher oh that's
0: lovely yeah that's really nice she's a great violinist
1: yeah um so what's your favorite instrument apart from the violin
2: the flute i think that uh besides the fact that the flute is a woodwind instrument the violin the flute have like a similar like uh what would it be called? The scale or like the tone of it is yeah. similar it's a kind sort of. of.
0: Similar function almost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm a double bassist. My other favourite instrument is the bassoon. Go figure.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could, yeah, if you could perform a concerto right now, what would it be?
2: If I
0: learned it Sibelius. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, you're allowed to learn oh. it first. Yeah, you're right. It's We're
0: not going to go right. Nightmares. <laughs> <It's
1: exactly laughs> and Abigail, somebody is now going to bring on a score of the Sibelius violin concerto and a violin, and we want you to play that. It no, it's, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, <Go>. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no pressure. Yes. That's a <laughs> <lovely>, the stuff <laughs> of nightmares.
0: Ooh.
2: That would become modern music. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So Sibelius, great choice. Yeah, I love it so much.
2: It just makes me, like, cry every time. It's beautiful.
1: Oh, yeah, we like that. Good choice. So you're recording your first album. What's the playlist?
2: Um.
1: It doesn't have to fit together, just...
2: Probably... Box. Chaconne. I love how the Chaconne sounds. It's very intricate. And then um, Paganini, I think it's 20. It's a very melodic one. No, it's 21. Paganini 21. Mm-hmm. It's this very melodic Paganini and I love it. Um, and then Sibelius. <laughs> I love Sibelius, so that would go on it. And then um, there's this violin piece called, uh, I think it's tambourine dance or tambourine. And it's just so fun. I uh, love how fast and lively it is. So that would go on it, too.
0: Wow, what so, a variety.
1: Yeah. No, i definitely, but definitely buy that one. Definitely download <laughs> yeah, that one.
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. Last question, because this is, you know, these are quick. Last one. If you could go back five years, what would you tell your younger self? That you, what advice would you give that you would have liked to have heard then?
2: Listen to your mother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your mother's sitting right
2: there. (laughs) (laughs) My bow hand was terrible, Uh, and she tried so hard to fix my bow hand, and I refused to listen to any advice she gave me. And so I had to go through this whole journey of teacher after teacher telling me what to do and what to fix. Yeah, it could have all
0: been that, fixed. Oh. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. I have a, one of my regrets is not getting better at the piano, and my dad was my piano teacher, uh, and he is he is a piano teacher. Therefore, it makes sense. But I sometimes wonder whether you know that was a mistake. It maybe maybe it would have been better to have a, a different piano teacher. So it's a bit less kind of you know. Maybe I'd have listened to someone else more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well there you are. At least uh you know you've you've come around to it now. I'm sure your mother feels very vindicated. Yeah, that.
1: <laughs> uh, no, that's a great that's a great answer.
0: I hope one day my son says that about me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. My daughter's thirty one, I've given up waiting for her to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Well, that was super. Thank you. Um, is there anything you want to um, talk about or you want to plug or, you know, we welcome plugs on here. Um,
2: well, I started in Instagram after uh, being in virtual concert hall. Um, it's called Abigail the Violinist. Right now I'm doing 100 days of practice and then I just post like miscellaneous things from my life.
1: Oh, right. Well, Graziata, who is... Graziana I think we'll probably is probably Graziana is our Instagram is our Mm -hmm. Instagram lady so if she's not already on it um she uh we definitely make sure we get on that and we'll put that in the show notes as well yeah absolutely yeah no I've
0: seen you I follow your Instagram it's very good I think I I
1: think I have seen it actually that's good
0: Lovely. Right. Well, um, in that case, we shall round it off and say goodbye. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank you.
1: Thank you for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to see you again. I say uh, the competition you're playing was definitely one of the highlights of the competition for me. Mm, and me um, coming from a bass player to a violinist, that is very high praise. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we wish you all the very, very best. And um, we shall definitely be watching
2: yeah, um, to
1: your progress place. Definitely. Lovely. <laughs> so,
2: right,
1: okay, Abigail, so thanks a lot, And it's goodbye from us here. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. One of the most impressive things about the Sound Esprosivo contestants was not just their technical virtuosity, but the emotional maturity that they brought to their playing and the thoughtful way they all spoke about themselves as musicians and their approach to their future careers. Abigail has clearly demonstrated just why she stood out for the judges and earned her first place. You will love the dynamic between 10-year-old Ryan Huang, who fizzes with energy, and 23-year-old Daniel, who brings the same quiet thoughtfulness to the conversation that he brought to his performances. So without further comment, we go to meet Ryan from Canada and Daniel, who joins us from Utah in the US. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Music Works. Hello.
1: Hello, Dee. (laughs) Hello.
0: This is, we have with us Margaret Pinder, Ryan Huang, and Daniel Hughes. And today we're gonna be talking about the Sound Espressivo competition that we were all part of uh, back in December 2020. And, um, well, I was about to tell you a bit about the competition then, but Margaret, why don't you tell us a bit about the competition as you were one of its hosts?
1: I was actually, I co-hosted it with Anna Uspenskaya of Virtual Concert Halls, which set up this amazing online global competition. Um, because of course people weren't able to play together anymore so trying to hold an in-person competition just wasn't possible and of course if you hold an online competition it allows a lot more people to become involved and it was it ran over two weeks um, through some extraordinary some amazing semi-finals in different categories um and two of the finalists were um were Ryan and Daniel, who gave absolutely outstanding performances um, and were very, very well deserved winners in the competition. Um, and so part of the uh part of the prizes because Polyphony Arts, um, which is the business behind music works, um, had given various prizes to competition, and one of which was an, um, appearing on an episode of the Music World Podcast. So here we are. And I have to say, I'm very excited to see you both again, Ryan and Daniel, because it was such a pleasure and Absolutely. a privilege to yeah. hear you hear you play back then.
0: It was so outstanding. And I have to say, so uh, Margaret was involved throughout... Um as a host and I watched the semi-finals and finals as knowing that I was going to be giving prizes and obviously, because it was also really fascinating. And I was absolutely blown away by the experience as an audience member that it was possible to have a competition um, f- filmed from people's, you know, living rooms or studios, or you know, within the limits of the pandemic. Um, it was just, uh, you know, really, really immersive and um, emotional. Mm. A brilliant musical experience um, so so thank you for your performances as part of it and I just wanted <laughs> to make that point straight away because I know that online music has this kind of um, re- reputation for not being as good as music that's played in the same room but I actually really felt that competition was a huge example of, of something that was hugely, hugely rewarding to, to view and to listen to as an audience member. Um, so. And how I want to know how it was for you guys. So yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. What led you there? So let's start with Ryan. Tell us a bit about um, about yourself and how and you know your work and how you came to be part of the competition.
3: Um. Okay. So uh, I'm Ryan. I'm in, I currently live in Canada. And um. So we. So the how we came across this competition was like kind kind of amusing. So. So we were preparing for like um, a few more, you know, little competitions here and there around Canada, and then some global. And then my teacher came upon sound as Percivo. and she, at the time she didn't know what it was. She just, she just decided to like, tra- she decided to like try it out. And so she, um, so she, so she gave me the chance, gave me and a few of her other students to uh, the chance to perform in sound this and I really liked it. Not only because I liked the judges, and I know, I know, I know, Margaret that I said about um, I like, you know, how pian- uh, how music is like the the music is most important, but of course the awards are the ex- are the like the frosting on the cake, but um. What I really liked about this competition is that we 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 were allowed to pick our own pieces because um, that really allowed me to like express my feeling to the judges. You know how some competitions they give you like a certain set of pieces you have to play. Mm. Uh, okay. I I I I, oh, I always like the idea to like we get to pick our own pieces. Um and yeah, I really liked the sound of this person. Yeah,
0: it's it's such a, a, a thing to both the performers to have to play the set pieces, which could be completely outside their kind of ideal repertoire and also for the judges to sit and listen to the same pieces over and over again, I mean. Over and over again. It gets yeah. more yeah. and
3: then, and then, and then, and then like when you, when you play exactly the same piece 10 times in a row, a judge just picks, okay, you know what, whatever, just picks a random piece out of it. And it's not exactly fair, you know? Yeah yeah and
1: exactly for the judges it, it's an awful by the time you've heard you know Fur release played by you know a three you know 16 three-year-olds so are about ready to stab yourself in the head so <laughs> um and you, you're right right i mean i just wondered daniel what your view on that because i thought that was one of the strength when anna was describing the competition to me i thought that was one of the strengths so um you know i wonder what your feeling was about your experience around the competition was
4: yeah um I, I thought it was a very interesting competition for sure. Um, I I did not know about it until uh, really quite at the last minute. I uh, my teacher sent me an email and said, "Hi, uh, you should uh, you should apply for this." And I had almost no time to prepare um, for the first round. Um, but um, I thought the structure was very interesting, and it almost threw me off at first because I was expecting like all the all the rules of a traditional competition, and so. Um, it was very interesting to be able to, uh, to have that kind of freedom, both in program choices, in the length of the program. Um, but I think that kind of freedom, um, I, I think it would be fantastic to see that in, in more competitions going forward.
0: Is it still very unusual then? Cause it certainly seemed to, so to me. Is that a very unusual mm-hmm. layout apart from oh, yeah. being online, all the rules and everything?
3: Very unusual, but very fabulous. Oh yeah, well, we right, right. do. <laughs> I mean, we need more of that in competitions. Yeah.
0: yeah. Have you guys done much competing, Daniel? Have you been in other competitions before?
4: Um, I actually have not done too much. I I mean, I've I've done a fair bit over the years. Um, but mm-hmm. I've I've focused my um I focused my energy elsewhere for the most part in my studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think going forward, I'll probably do a bit more competing. Um, at the point where I'm at in my career. Um.
0: How about you, Ryan? Have you done?
3: I've that a done. I, I've done like a lot of online concerts, especially with this pandemic that's been going on for a, a year, a year around. Mm. And then, um, and then, and then, I went to a lot of online concerts and a few online competitions, including Sound as Placebo. Um And yeah, before before that, I, my schedule was much more crowded. I barely had time to.
1: I'll, like finish my homework yeah actually it's interesting because we we just recorded an episode with actually one of the polyphony arts clients rosina um Grieca, and we were talking about competitions and the kind of because competitions the finera it can be a bit complicated you know some people think there are good things some people don't you know ryan you you're obviously getting well into the competition circuit daniel you said you're a bit more hesitant about it you know in this case so but I thought if you're going to do a competition, I thought this, this was a pretty good way of actually giving the competitors a lot more freedom and ability to actually express themselves rather than being you know, shoehorned into some kind of category.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, so yeah. tell us a bit more about yourself, Daniel. Um, tell us about where you are at in your career and um, you know, what's next for you. <laughs>
4: Yeah, Um, so I I grew up in Portland, Oregon, um, and I I started my college uh, university experience in Portland. Uh, I was studying with a university professor there while I was in high school, Um, and so I attended Portland State University to keep studying with her, Um, and then I transferred out to the Manhattan School of Music. and now I stay here in Utah, and I, have a, a, I study here with a teacher locally. Um, so I, sort of, where I am in my career, it's um, <laughs> there's a lot that's been quite muddy, uh, with the pandemic and, and what yeah. direction things are yeah. headed. I think, um, but moving moving toward much more performance, um, more performance, more competition, um, yeah. more publicity.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I believe you're in a practice phase right now. Is that right? <laughs>
4: Yes, very <laughs> <Yeah>. much so. <laughs> we
0: were talking about this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Ryan, how about you? What's uh, what's it like? Um, you, you know, your your uh, level of expertise is, is outstanding. Are you? Is it something? How does it fit in with school and, and sort of you know being eleven?
3: <laughs> uh, I'm almost, I'm uh, I'm actually this year I'm ten. Usually. Oh, sorry, I thought you said you were eleven before. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, being ten then. Ten. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, um, the, um, like, it's, it's, I have, I, I do a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. I do, I, of course, you know, been the schools, I've got, if you can see, uh, my violin back there. And then yep. I've got, I've got my piano in my, um, in the daily mix. And then I also do some hockey, the, the national Canadian sport, and I uh, do chess. <laughs> And uh, and yeah. Oh, and and then and then there. And then I do also some um, outside of school math and Chinese. Which yeah. And then it's it's hard to get it's hard to get it in the mix sometimes. But. Mm. You know, Indeed. I manage. I manage. It is
0: difficult, though, isn't it, when you do a profession that, or you know, have a, such a, a talent that's so important. Your hands are so important, and um, and yeah, it makes it difficult yeah, to my, do anything.
3: Yeah, my, my my teacher, my my piano teacher, just doesn't 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 like the fact that I'm playing like hockey because she's just like, don't hurt your hands. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure everyone. Pretty pretty sure one is protective like that when they're when they have something as important as piano.
0: yeah Yeah. absolutely and you have other um other strings bow as well don't you daniel do you want to tell us about your other um creative outlets
4: yes um so photography is is probably one of the larger ones um so i when i was in new york i worked quite a bit as a concert photographer um different classical concerts and whatnot um i've done some wedding photography and quite a bit of landscape is really my passion um so that's that's been one of my other career um Creative pursuits. Um, I also have a long background in a lot of other performing arts. um, So quite a bit of singing. Um, I actually started college as a dual um, voice and piano major. Um, Quite a bit of choral singing. I
0: know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I was messaging Graziana, going, Daniel has a great podcast voice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
0: Very um, authoritative, you know. If you say yeah. anything, we'll definitely believe you. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, singing quite a bit of choral singing. Um. I did quite a bit of ballroom dance uh, when I was younger. Um. Theater and musical theater. Um. So I think it's really fantastic as an as an artist to have a, a multidisciplinary background. And I I really wish. Um. I think sometimes I see artists who really confine themselves to their their fields. Um. And I think it's a fantastic thing to have. Um interests outside of your primary.
1: No, I agree. I mean, I think I remember you saying that um, as well, didn't you, Ryan? You were talking about traveling and yeah. it, it's just, you do need more to grow as an artist,
3: Yeah, I think, than just, yeah. you know. You need more than just your musicality and luck and your teacher and your wonderful parents. You need, you also need like, um, how should I say? You need like inspiration from different parts of the world. Like, you know, how this composer might have wrote the song to be like, for example.
1: Yeah, I think also just being rounded as a person. Um, mm. I think that's important. That's now, yeah, so what's next? So Daniel, I a little bird told me that you're coming to London, but yeah, maybe no, it sounds like that might be but... wrong.
4: Um, I I think it's too early to tell at this point Um, I just don't know Uh, so I would love to study in London I I have some some folks out there I would really love to study from Um, but I may continue my studies here in the States as well.
0: Mm. All possibilities open at the moment Mm -hmm. if anyone listening wants to bring Daniel to London then you just have to look into the (laughs) SAC recording uh, on YouTube. Yeah (laughs) we'll be there. I I would love to be I would love to be in London.
1: Yeah. So what are you practicing
4: at the moment, Daniel? Um, building repertoire, like what specifically? Yeah. Um, Sure. Um, so I, um, I've been really interested in bringing some other, um, like less often performed composers, um, Mm -hmm. to the, to the forefront. And so, uh, that starts with like with Baroque music. I've been playing a lot of Ramo and Handel right now um and they have so much wonderful keyboard music that's just absolutely underperformed um i also have uh, a fantastic piece by a composer no one's ever heard of who's a student of Franz list uh, his name is julius Reubke. Um and he's got a, an absolutely enormous sonata it's really quite like the list sonata um, and then i'm also exploring a lot of beginning to explore a lot of other uh, more recent um, underperformed composers um,
1: I think that's yeah. really important. We've had a few people again on the podcast, especially Elizabeth Debrito runs a radio show um, called The Daffodil Perspective, which she tries to make 50 50 um, representative gender, you know, ethnic minorities, because there's so much amazing music. I've been listening to it and it just doesn't get performed. And people talk about the repertoire, but it comes self defining because it, yes, you know, it's this small exactly. circle that people, and, you know, I have the same. You know with the orchestra i play in because i'm chair of the society and right. there are certain members the older ones who keep talking about the repertoire and i'm thinking <laughs> yeah well you're just defining what it is but yeah, ryan I mean, you've got a big concert your prize you're you're going to get to play in moscow aren't you
3: uh that's what i've heard yeah i believe that's what I've, well <laughs> I've heard but you, you don't
1: know <laughs> Yeah, have you applied your mind to what you might play and don't say the piano
3: <laughs> uh as in the piece or as in the Yes, piece? Yeah. Um uh we don't we don't know on the date yet. It might be like 3 years from now. <laughs> if, okay. if if all goes oh, well, through. you can do rap, you rap 3 then,
1: all. can't you? You've got plenty <laughs> of time to practice. Sure,
3: sure, sure. <laughs> but so far I I I think I'm going to play either um Yeah, I think I'm going to play Mendelssohn's first concerto, the third movement.
1: So Daniel, if you if you were gonna be, if you could play a concerto now, which one would you? Which would you? If somebody said, right, years that, time,
3: that
1: you've got a concert. You would get that. But what, Daniel? What? Which one would you choose? Do you think? What would you choose?
4: Um, yeah, I actually one. I've fallen in love with Pukofi of Second Concerto, so I'm I'm working on that quite feverishly right now. Um, again, I think underperformed, uh, possibly for good reason because the piano part is fiendish and the orchestral part is absolutely terrible. Also. I know, I've, I've played it. We played yes.
1: it with a pianist and uh-huh. I, we damned that woman to hell and back because <laughs> we rehearsed with her. And then when it came to the performance, she did it about twice as fast. Oh, okay. As we practice, and apart from the time I played the Rite of Spring, it's the most scary experience I've had on stage. You could see us all looking at each other going, what, <laughs> what <laughs> is she doing? Like, it was really, you know, devil take the hindmost. <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. So... copy of two. It's a stinker. It really
4: yes, is. Yes, it is. So but it's, tremendous. Um, yeah, truly tremendous. So I'll be grateful to have it in my repertoire, um, but I think I'll have to be selective with <laughs> what orchestras yeah. i what orchestras i might play that with in the future um otherwise yeah. rock, rock three is a wonderful and I, I love that one very much
1: yeah that's that's a huge one as well yeah. and another one that's a big one for the orchestra yes. um another one that's big for the orchestra but so satisfying yes yeah very much so that's great
0: absolutely oh i'm just kind of thinking about the next time I'm going to get to watch a piano concert <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day you, yeah. um, yeah. lovely. Um, shall we round off with uh, some quick fire questions? Yeah, we had some quick yeah. fire questions. Yeah.
3: going. Okay, favourite instrument that's not the piano? What? Favourite instrument that's not the piano? Yeah. Violin. Violin. Daniel?
4: The cello, absolutely. <laughs>
3: Margaret? <laughs>
1: um, Okay, which pianist who's your favorite pianist, living or dead?
3: Wait, it can be a composer too, could it? Yeah. 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 Least. I like least or possibly Rahulman enough. Good choice? Yeah.
4: Daniel? Um I think there are so obviously so many that everyone knows quite well, but uh, my favorite right now is his name is Vikinger Olafsson. Um he's young and he's absolutely brilliant. Um, he's a he's...
3: Bach player isn't
4: he? Mm-hmm. Bach, Ramon, WC. Um, he has two, yeah. two recent albums on Deutsche Grammophon um, that are just splendid, um, vibrant and creative and, and lively and fiery. Oh, it's
1: definitely have to check him out.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, this is a tough one for a quick fire, but I'm gonna go with it. Okay, you're recording your first album, what's the playlist? Yeah. Quick fire, go with your go with your heart.
1: We're <laughs> not giving you a contract, so you can yeah. say what <laughs> you
3: <life>. I, I, <laughs> I would play um all the least paganini etudes. All I think there's six of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'll have to yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah.
0: Right. Sounds like
3: a great disc, and Daniel.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um, with no time to think about it, I think I am. I would love to to put some Rameau works on, Um, and the Stravinsky Firebird and Petrushka uh, are some of my favorites to play, Um, and Mm. uh, and the Godowsky Passacaglia. Also another (laughs) underperformed work. (laughs) Yeah. Wonderful. (laughs)
0: Excellent. Great. One more of your choice, Margaret, and then we'll release the prisoners.
1: Well, one well, more of my choice. If I were getting an album to record, oh yeah, with a Van Hal double bass concerto, I'm about as likely to be asked to play that as I am to be asked to fly. So <laughs> <laughs> go on yes. Um did you hear about the double bass player who was so bad even the others noticed? Um anyway. <laughs> okay, here's a quick one. Major major or minor key? Major or minor key? Uh,
3: minor.
4: Minor, always.
1: <laughs> always. It is, isn't it? it's always is, but yeah.
3: Glutton's impression.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Lovely. Oh, it's been really wonderful. Oh, just, you, yeah. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much.
1: I mean, it's amazing we've got you here too, just fantastic pianists, you know, yeah. close to the start of your journeys. So, I mean, we're going to be following you with great interest.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> So keep, yeah, keep up the good work. Mind the hands, do mind the hands.
0: Don't do too much ice skating. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel, Daniel, (laughs) be careful. more this year. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Daniel, be careful on the stairs. Um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) I will do.
0: Yeah. Cautionary tale from us. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, lovely. We have to thank these three wonderful young musicians for sharing their energy and enthusiasm with us. The preliminaries for the next Sound placebo competition have now opened. If you're interested in entering or want to find out more, you can do so at www.soundasprasebocompetition.com. Thank you so much for joining Music Works. I'm Katie Beardsworth and it's been my pleasure to share this episode with you today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Music Works podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation please subscribe check out our other great episodes and even better leave us a review you can also sign up to our mailing list at www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing list for updates and news about what polyphony arts is up to for all you classical music folk out there you can find more information in the show notes as well Meanwhile, I'm Katie Beardsworth, and I look forward to sharing with you the next great episode of Music Works. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Music Works is a Polyphony Arts production. Thank you for listening. Thank you.